0: the word epiphany means manifestation the season epiphany is about the manifestation of Jesus the Messiah for whom the Hebrew people had waited his manifestation to the Gentiles as the Savior and Redeemer of all who believe, the light of the world. Throughout this season, over these next several weeks, we're going to move through the gospel, taking note of what his manifestation to the world means for the world. And This morning, we start with what is... Common to humanity, the temptation to sin. C.S. Lewis noted that no one knows the full power of temptation when he gives into it. Only when we resist it entirely do we begin to truly know how powerful temptation truly is. In the moment, though, we think that we've felt the full weight of temptation and cannot possibly bear any more of it. We think that withstanding it is almost, if not entirely, impossible. I can't do it. I can't take it anymore. You don't know how difficult this is. I've been there myself, and I know you have too. Yet the Apostle Paul declared, We've never faced a single temptation too uniquely difficult to bear. But rather, in His mercy... The Father has provided for us a way of escape from any temptation. Any temptation that we might face. Now, How is this possible? What is that way of escape? It is the way of Christ. Trust in Him, expressed in faithfulness to Him, in obedience to His Spirit. In His treatise on the Incarnation, the 4th century church father Athanasius insisted, what has not been assumed cannot be healed. In other words, for Jesus to fully redeem the human condition, he must have become fully human himself. Not partly, not mostly, not sort of, but entirely human, entirely one of us, just like us, which really is what is underscored throughout the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament. We have a compassionate and sympathetic high priest. One who knows temptation fully, even more fully than we do. Because we give in to it. He never did. Only he knows the full weight of that burden. A partial incarnation can only, at best, bring partial salvation. And partial salvation, in the end, is no real salvation at all. We're still left in our sins. But for our sakes, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the whole world, Jesus went all in. So much so that in Him, the impossible happened. God, who the Apostle James correctly noted cannot be tempted with evil, was indeed tempted by evil. Think of that. That's a conundrum. It's impossible! And yet, in Christ, God has done it. For our sakes, for the sake of humanity... For the sake of the world, he triumphed over it, breaking the power of sin, making a way of escape from temptation. And in doing so, he opened up to us, to humanity, to the world, the possibilities of what seems otherwise impossible. Trusting obedience to the one who made us, to the one who sustains us. To the one who redeems us. Real trusting obedience. Earlier this week, Lindsay, Juniper, and I were hanging out with a Jewish man at the best sandwich shop in all of Georgia, David. I'm telling you. It's the best. He owns it. Our conversation wound all over the place. Really. He told us, about his trip back to Israel just a few weeks ago. He went back to see family that he hadn't seen in years. He showed us pictures on his cell phone of his little girl, five years old, exploring the Holy Land, seeing sights she'd never seen before, meeting family she'd never met before. He even showed us some videos. And we got to talking about religion, of all things. Even some of the differences between Judaism and Christianity. And one of his aversions to Christianity, he shared with us, admitted to us, is that he's convinced the gospel lets us off the hook too easily, Austin. You see, you just say you believe in Jesus, that he's the Messiah, and poof, that's it. Somehow you go straight to heaven when you die, just because you believed. And he asked, where's the obedience? Where's the change? I told him, I think he might have been exposed to a perversion of the gospel, but he emphasized that Judaism teaches you how to live rightly, how to live faithfully. But then... Without any prompting, David, I said nothing. I just let it sit for a moment. He acknowledged that it's impossible to fully keep. We can't do it. That's exactly what it's all about. And that's exactly where the Old Testament leaves you. Basically the same place that the Apostle Paul leaves you in, the middle of Romans. Who will save me from this? I can't do it. We can't do it. But we have to. We must. It's God's promise to us, but we can't keep it. Lindsay Lindsay, then rightly pointed out, that's the difference. That's why we need a Savior. We can't do it. But He can. And He can in us because He has through us. You see, but what we can't possibly do in ourselves, He has actually done for us and can actually do in us. The word of Christ from the Gospel of Matthew Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days of fasting and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the devil took him to a high mountain, a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will but fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. He was led by the Spirit. By the Spirit to be tempted. He was fasting 40 days and 40 nights, which is where we get the 40 days of Lent, where we follow Him out into the wilderness where we follow Him out into the temptations that come when we empty ourselves, when we pour ourselves out, when we allow ourselves to be spent. He was fasting. He was hungry. He was empty and weak and vulnerable. Why? For our sakes. Why? That in Him we might be given power and be set free. Where was he led? Out into the wilderness. It was precisely out into the wilderness that Adam and Eve were driven because of their disobedience. Yet it was out into the wilderness that Jesus was led By the Spirit, in order to undo their disobedience, in order to break the power of sin, in order to break the stronghold of temptation. He went where humanity had been driven, and it was the Spirit who led him. And the temptations he faced, which are recounted as threefold in the gospel were of the same nature as the temptations we all face. Think of Adam and Eve's sin, the temptation they faced. In Genesis, their temptation is given a threefold description. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. The Apostle John then summarized our temptations, those of all humanity, as threefold. All that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. But here's the thing. Because of Jesus, you do not have to sin. You choose to sin. You choose to neglect the way of escape that is promised to us, that is guaranteed for us. To neglect the way of trust and obedience But Jesus assumed all that is essential to our humanity. And sin is not essential to our humanity. It is parasitic. Even the very idea of temptation underscores its parasitic nature. For something to be tempting, it has to be first originally good. Or else it wouldn't be tempting. It's something that you naturally would want to be satisfied, to have this itch scratched. But secondly, it has to also now be gone bad or else we wouldn't call it temptation. It's just something we do. It's just something we enjoy. It's just a good in life. Today's gospel reading in the lectionary is from chapter 1 of John's gospel. In which John the Baptist cries out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. He takes away the world's sin. He does away with it. He does not dismiss the sin of the world. He does not reject it. He does not deny it. He does not compromise with it. He does not ignore it. He does not call it something other than what it truly is. He does not, there, there, our sin. He takes it away. That's why he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness, out where our sin had driven us, out where our surrender to temptation made us enemies with God. He takes it away. For our sake... For the sake of humanity, for the sake of the world, He's led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to find the lost and wandering children of the Father. Even while we were yet sinners. While we were at enmity with God, making ourselves God's enemies. Raising our fists to Him. That's when Christ went. That's where Christ went. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. For our sake, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the world, He faces down our temptation and bears the full weight of it. For our sake, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the world, He defeats it. He breaks it. He breaks the stronghold of temptation in our lives. He breaks the power of sin over our lives. It is broken. And He invites us to come to follow, to find our freedom, to find our rescue. For our sake, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the world, He sets us free. He, he sets us free to be led by the Spirit. He sets us free to trust Him Completely. He sets us free to obey Him truly. He sets us free to follow Him faithfully. You've been set free. Now walk in freedom. Sin's grip and hold on your life has been broken. By Jesus. Live like it. For your sake and mine, the power of sin is broken. The stronghold of temptation is broken. And He calls you to live accordingly. He calls me to live accordingly. He calls us to live accordingly. By His Spirit. And so in the spirit he invites us to come to follow to trust to obey because in him because he became one of us and because he was led by the spirit out into the wilderness of our brokenness and because he bore the full weight of temptation refused to surrender to it. He offers us freedom. He offers us liberty. He sets the captives free. He heals what is broken. And he invites us to come. To follow. Father, we thank you for what you have done for us in your Son, Jesus. And Lord, we hear the message so, so often. And yet, Lord, sometimes we confess we're unmoved by it. We pray that you would help us to trust so deeply in your Son, Jesus to surrender ourselves so fully to your Holy Spirit that we truly would be set free by your Spirit, by your Son, so that we might live in trusting obedience to you. Today, tomorrow, this week, this month, this year, in this life, we pray this in the matchless and the majestic name of your Son, our Lord our Redeemer, our Emmanuel, Jesus. Amen.